Good morning. Welcome to Wake Up to the Word. I am your host and Bible teacher, Pastor Jeff Barksdale from the Life Coast Church in Palm Coast, Florida. We're so glad that you're here. And this is episode 98, and we are brought to you by Barky's RV Rental. So we uh, I have a ca- different camera today, and um, oops, I have a different camera today, and I am trying it out. It's actually a new one for the church for some of our recordings that we're doing, and so I'm going to play with it a little today. So I got, it's like a new toy, sorry. Barky's RV Rental. There you go. <laughs> Barky's RV Rental. Wake Up to the Word is sponsored by Barky's RV Rental. So all you have to do is if you want to rent in the Flagler County area in the surrounding counties, you can just go to www.barkyrvrental.com and you too can rent your own RV for your camping trip. We deliver it, we set it up, and we <clears throat> we then um, show you how to use everything, and then we come and pick it up, too, afterwards. So you don't have to do any of that stuff, and we are happy to do it for you. So there you go. So cool little camera. We get to play with a little bit here today. So... Uh, uh, our coffee, same coffee of the week as we told, said uh, last week was uh, Green Mountain Breakfast Blend. So, very good. Our Bible reading, our New Testament Bible reading is Acts 7 and 8. And there's some really cool stuff in here. <clears throat> so, you do not want to miss it. And uh, we are qu- quickly coming up on episode 100. That should be next Friday. So I'm trying to arrange a special guest speaker, uh, Bible teacher, to kind of talk with me and uh, to have a little uh, banter back and forth because there's some cool things that are going on in these chapters and uh, we just want to talk about them. So we're glad that you're here today and um, we got some stuff that we are going to show you. So we want to get into the Word of God and... uh, Let's uh let's let's uh let's do that, shall we? Let's get ready to rumble. <laughs> and I said we didn't do it let's last week, so I said I'd do it twice. <laughs> twice today. I didn't do it yesterday, so I said we'd do it twice today. So here we go. Father God, we thank you so much for your word and that we get to dive into it, we get to read it, we get to to uh let it pour into our hearts, and so we just ask you to illuminate your word today. So in Jesus' name, we pray these things. Amen. So we got Stephen's speech here. Uh, when we last left our friend Stephen, uh, he got seized, and um, he begins to give a speech. Now, this is an interesting... Um, as we left him, he's he's caught by the by the uh, by the governing authority, uh, not the Romans, but the the council, um, the Jewish council saw him, and so uh, seven starts off this way. And the high priest said, "Are these things so?" And Stephen began his speech. So um, 
So at the end of 14 of 6, he goes, uh, well, let me do the whole sentence. Uh, where does the sentence start? Um, this man never ceased to speak words against the holy place and the law, for we have heard him say, this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and will change the custom that Moses delivered to us. And gazing at him, all who sat in the council saw that his face was like the face of an angel. That's where we had left this. And so he's talking with the council. He's with the Sanhedrin. He's talking with the high priests and uh, the high, the, uh, with the priests and the, and the high priest is there. And the high priest says to him, are these things so? And so he asked him if he was talking that Jesus was going to destroy the temple. And he goes through this whole thing, starting with Abraham. And I'm just going to read this first part, the first few verses. He says, brothers and fathers, hear me. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham and when he was in Mesopotamia, for he lived in Haran. And said to him, Go out from your land and from your kindred, and go into the land I will show you. Then he went out from the land of the Chaldeans and lived in Haran. And after his father died, God removed him from, from there into this land in which you now live. So this is interesting because this Mesopotamia, this, this, this uh, Near East land, is is where all these things took place in the early scriptures. When you when you go through the first 11 chapters of Genesis, this is where all those things took place, right? When, when we talked about the flood and we talked about, well, the flood was worldwide, but after the flood, the Tower of Babel and the father, the, the sons of God went to the daughters of men and then came the flood and they, they came to them again afterwards. And in this land, this, this land of Babel, this land of of this place, um, this Mesopotamia area, is where the giants were, is where the Rephaim, Rephaim were. And this is important to understand as we continue to go through Scripture and we understand what was happening in that time frame. So Abraham, it talks about Abraham going uh, out of his land and then uh, when he's 40 years old, uh, uh, let me let me go through this in sequence so I don't miss it. So um, he hadn't given him an inheritance. Uh, and that God would judge his nation, enslaved and afflicted four hundred years, and I will judge the nation. And uh, he made a covenant with Abraham of circumcision. And the patriarchs were jealous of Joseph. That's uh the this. Uh, he talks about, Abraham talks about his sons, um, father of Isaac and Jacob, and Jacob had the 12 patriarchs. So he's talking with these Jewish Sanhedrin. So he's going all the way back to the birth of the Jewish nation. And that's important to understand is that he is telling them where they came from and, and how, how the Jewish nation came to be. They're well aware of this, but he's still going to run through the whole story, um, uh, now the now the the patriarchs were jealous of Joseph. Joseph went into Egypt. He became the, the got impressed with the Pharaoh. God gave Joseph wisdom. Pharaoh made him, uh, you know, the king uh, of Egypt and ruler of his household, <clears throat> second in command, basically third in command, whatever, however you want to put him. Um, and so Jacob heard about the grain 
and brought his family there. 75 people, it, it identifies how big their family was at that point, and they grew to two millions, basically, in Egypt. Um, and, and, and then uh, Jacob died there, and they brought his bones to Shechem, uh, where he had bought a tomb. Um, then the time drew near, uh, the people increased and multiplied in Egypt and uh, rose an Egyptian king who did not know Joseph. He didn't care about Joseph. He didn't care about the family. He just saw that the Jewish people rising up. He dealt shrewdly with our race, forced our fathers to expose their infants. So they started to kill the children, the firstborn children. They started to kill. This is, I, I, I underlined it and I wrote a note, this uh, child killing. This is what Satan does. This is what the enemy does. He hates the seed of kingdom potential, God's kingdom, the potential of God's kingdom advancing. He hates it. And he will try to destroy the seed, the seed of king, kingdom potential. He, he did it here in Egypt, in the early part of, the cho of God's people, Israel. He did it when Jesus came. And he's doing it now in the form of abortion. It just continues on. He's going to kill children as early as he can kill children because by killing children, he kills the seed of kingdom potential. <clears throat> you can't even have someone grow up to know the Lord and to be a force in the kingdom of God if we kill them either before they're born or shortly after they're born. And we can see... This whole abortion issue is going even out of, even out after birth. They're, they're talking about being able to kill children after they're born. This is some sick, evil stuff, let me tell you. Um, this is not just about a woman's right to choose. They're framing it that way. This is about killing the kingdom potential. I'm not making any political statements here. This is a biblical statement. And, and it's hard for me to fathom anyone who knows and loves Jesus, that could be for killing babies, destroying God's seed of kingdom potential. I understand we care for the mother, we care for their circumstances, we love them, we don't want to see them in this uh, in, in, a, in a, a stressful and uh, difficult circumstance in life. It's not what we want. We want to get them help. We want to help them to have the baby, help them with the baby, help them as much as we can, because that's what we're called to do. But we still can't stand, we can't be for uh, the killing of babies. Um, rant over. <clears throat> so we get, we get here, this is what the enemy does. He kills the infants, but Moses survives. God's hand of protection is on him, um, and, and he grows up in Pharaoh's court. Here's an interesting uh, concept to understand uh, the intellect of Moses. And Moses, this is verse 22 of chapter 7, and Moses was instructed in all the wisdom of the Egyptians. Now we understand the Egyptians, how smart they were, how intelligent they were. We can see through some of the older things uh, that go on how intelligent the Egyptians were. Moses was instructed in all of that. So Moses was a smart, smart leader. Um, so he's 40 years old, when he understood and learned about his heritage and that he was actually Hebrew, he was he was an Israelite, <clears throat> and he he sees two uh, uh, an Egyptian abusing an Israelite, and he kills the Egyptian, buries him in the sand, and then he sees two Israelites fighting, tries to be the um, 
the mediator between them, and one of them calls him on it. Obviously, the word is spread that he had killed an Egyptian, <clears throat> and he ran away. And he uh, becomes an exile in the land of Midian. That's verse 29. Then we get to, to 30. And then we're gonna, we got to spend a little time here because uh, this is an interesting portion of Scripture and the terminology is interesting. Now, when 40 years had passed, an angel appeared to him in the wilderness of Mount Sinai in a flame of fire in a bush. When Moses saw it, he was amazed at the sight. And as he drew near to look, there came the voice of the Lord. I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, and of Isaac, and of Jacob. And Moses trembled and did not dare to look. Then the Lord said to him, Take off the sandals from your feet, for the place you are standing is holy ground. <clears throat> I have surely seen the affliction of, of my people who are in Egypt, and I have heard their groaning, and I have come down to deliver them. And now I come, I will send you to Egypt. So, there's interesting terms here. They use angel and they use I am, the God of your fathers. And then the Lord said to take off his sandals for your standing in holy ground. So if we go all the way back to Genesis, we're going to understand that there was a double appearance within this, uh, within this burning bush. And Stephen, excuse me, and Luke capture this double appearance within that bush. It, it does talk about that in 12, that there was a, a, an angel. There's another, uh, the other Yahweh is in the bush, and it's called the angel appeared to, an angel appeared to him in the wilderness of Mount Sinai in the flaming fire, and then the Lord God spoke to him. So there's, there's kind of, it, it shows two different entities, and, and you can debate and discuss what that was. was <clears throat> they were one and the same, and, and, and obviously God, uh, the Father and Christ are one and the same, but the I am and the angel, they're, they're, there's, there's, so, there's something, there's some duality about what was appearing in that uh, burning bush. And we can debate and discuss that. A lot of fun to do that. Uh, we'll just keep moving for today. But it's an interesting thing that even as they bring the story into the New Testament, they still connect that duality of the appearance within the burning bush. And that I find very interesting. Uh, this Moses, who they rejected, saying, "Who made you a ruler and judge?" And this man, uh, this man, God sent as both ruler and redeemer by the hand of the angel who appeared to him in the bush. <clears throat> this man led them out, performing wonders and signs in Egypt, at the Red Sea, in the wilderness. Uh, and in the wilderness for forty years. This is the Moses who said to the Israelites, God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brothers. So Moses is a is a is a uh, like a Christ. He's a type of Christ. He's a rescuer. He brought them to salvation. And so uh, not salvation, eternal spiritual salvation, but physical um, and captivity salvation. So <clears throat> it's a great picture. Um, so now here's here's the problem. Our fathers refused to obey him. They thrust him aside, and in their hearts they turned to Egypt, saying to Aaron, Make for us gods who will go before us. As for this, Moses, who led us out from the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. And they made a calf in those days and offered a sacrifice to the idol. 
and were rejoicing in the work of their hands. But God turned God turned away and gave them over to the worship of worship the hosts of heaven. Such a key point, as it is written in the book of the prophets. So this is going all the way back to that, you know, the, they built the calf and Aaron built the golden calf. And, but it, if you look at it, it says they turned to the gods of Egypt. And so they were worshiping in that land, in the, in, 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 back in the land of uh, the Near East and in, 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 uh, in, uh, in Egypt, I mean. And they, they, opt, they went back to those gods and they were, worship, they were worshiping them and making idols about them. And God turned away and gave them over to the hosts of heaven. The hosts of heaven is another term for those rebelling uh, Elohim. The sons of God came to the daughters of men. It's those rebellious people. We got in, in Deuteronomy 32, when it talked about um, sons of God, the hosts of heaven. This is what he's talking about, these rebelling uh, Elohim. And now as it continues, they pull another portion of Old Testament scripture out. Did you bring to me slain beasts and sacrifices during the 40 years in the wilderness, O Israel? This is verse 43. And you took up the tent of Malak and the star of your God, Repham, the image that you made to worship, and I will send you into exile beyond Babylon. So they took the Old Testament uh, quote, and this is Malak, and this is the god that they worshipped in, in in that area. And Raphan is a is a is a um your god Raphan. This is this is another um portion that talks about these giants. That's right, Chewy. There was giants, and our fathers had the tent in the wilderness, and so uh. He talks to, he says to them, you stiff-necked people, you're uncircumcised in your heart. You always resist the Holy Spirit. That's 51. And he says, and uh, which, which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? Now he's pointing the finger right at him. And they killed those who announced beforehand the coming of the righteous one, whom you have now betrayed and murdered. You who received the law as delivered by angels and did not keep it. So, Man, he is blasting them. He is pointing right at them. He's 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 hammering them with this, and they are just uh, perplexed. And so they really find him guilty of blasphemy, and they take him out and stone him. <clears throat> and so um, Stephen, um, who is full of the Holy Spirit gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, behold, I see the heavens open and the son of man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and rushed together at him. And they cast, cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. First time we're hearing about young Saul. And as they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when they had said this, he fell asleep. So the first martyr after 
the resurrection of Jesus Christ, Stephen. And uh, Saul is right there at the helm of that, holding. And it goes on to say, uh, And Saul approved of his execution. And there arose on that day a great persecution against the church. This is chapter 8. And they were all scattered throughout the region of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. They stayed. Devout men buried uh, Stephen and made great lamentations. But Saul was ravaging the church and entering house after house. He dragged off men and women and committed them to prison. So then we have Philip proclaiming Christ in Samaria. So I don't think this is, I think this is the Philip that is, along with Stephen, this is uh, these uh, deacons, as it were. Uh, now those who were scattered went about preaching the word. Philip went to the city of Samaria. This is a important distinction. Proclaiming to them the Christ and the crowd with one accord paid attention to what was being said to Philip. When they heard him and saw the signs that he did, for unclean spirits cried out with a loud voice and came out of many who had who had them, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was much joy in the city. <clears throat> now they run into this um, magician uh, who's a believer and... Uh, he believes, and he starts traveling around with Philip. And Philip, as he preached the good news about the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus, they were baptized, both men and women. <clears throat> so, now when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, so this is not Philip the apostle, this is Philip the, the deacon, um, he sent them to, he sent the Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For he had not yet fallen on any of them, but they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Now, this is when Simon, the uh, the magician, sorcerer, whatever your Bible says, he offered money for this power, and they rebuked him and said, you know, you you got bitterness in your heart in, in, in bonds of iniquity. And he wanted them to pray for him that he didn't keep that way. So now when they had testified and spoken the word of the Lord, they returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel to many villages in Samar Samaritans of the Samaritans. So this is, this is the first time it goes out away from the Jews. The Samaritans were half Jewish, half not Jewish, generally did not get along with the Jews. And as I said, this is a transitional book and there's some interesting things that happen. I'm going to talk more about that next week with episode 100 because there's more of this that happens and I'd like to get into a conversation with the, about this. And um, let, me, let me look ahead. Yes, so uh, so this is the Samaritans, so just hang on to this as they receive the Holy Spirit by the laying on of hands, and I'm going to talk about this more next week, okay? So you got to tune in next week for chapters 9 and 10, episode 100, going to try to have that special guest, so um, read up and come back next week, but I'm going to go on to Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. This is unique, and we'll finish up here. <clears throat> so 
now, now the angel of the Lord said to Philip, rise up and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose up and went, and there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship. So he went down to Jerusalem, and Philip comes running alongside his, his chariot, and he hears him reading from the scroll of Isaiah. Here's what he heard him reading, 53.7. Like a sheep he was led to the slaughter, like a lamb before its shears is silent. So he opened his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe the, his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, About whom, I ask you, does the prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? So <clears throat> he doesn't know. He doesn't understand the, the text. He's looking at the Old Testament text. Thinks the prophet might be talking about himself, but he also might be talking about somebody else. It's a prophetic statement. So Philip clarifies it. Okay, and we have it right in our scripture that this is a prophetic text because it's taken from the Old Testament and brought into the New Testament, and it is interpreted for us by Philip. He tells us, and beginning with this scripture, he told the good news about Jesus. So this is about Jesus, and he told, he placed Jesus into this text and showed him how this text fits Jesus. So, um, and as they were going along the road, they came to water. And the eunuch said, see, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop. And they both went down into the water and Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord carried Philip away and the eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his way. But Philip found himself at Azotus and as he passed through, he preached the gospel to all the town until he came to Caesarea. All right. So, <clears throat> interesting. He, he shares the gospel of Jesus Christ. Ethiopian eunuch believes it, that Jesus is the Messiah. He wants to be baptized. Now, he's uh, obviously aware of this, and he wants to baptize him. So, he baptizes him. They stop at water. And here's an important distinction in baptism. Some people don't believe in immersion. We at Life Coast do believe in immersion. They went down into the water. He baptized him, and they came up out of the water, and the, the, the Lord took Philip away. Now, there's an interesting thing right there. So he, he baptized him. He comes up out of the water, and the eunuch just saw him no more. So it, it, the, the language says that he basically disappeared. So I have a doc here that shows the journey of where they were going and so you can see the road to Jerusalem and to Gaza is the red line and so that's where the road is there's a little arrow in there that's you know kind of a, a point where it could be and so you can see the distance there um, and all of a sudden Philip was gone and he showed up over here at as Azotus. And uh, so he all of a sudden he disappeared from here and showed up over here. So 
That's this. I'm gonna put that into Barky's stack of stuff so you can see that map. But uh, yeah, the zoom feature a little helpful there on the docks. <laughs> so <laughs> that was pretty good. So that's what we got for today. Keep preaching that gospel. When you when you bring someone to faith, the first step of obedience. They don't need to know everything. They just need to know the first step of obedience is believe and be baptized. So invite people to baptism. We'd love to help you with that. If you live in the Palm Coast area, if you live in the Flagler Beach, we'd love to help you with that. We don't mind going in the ocean. We don't mind filling up the the uh, the, the dunk tank that we have, the baptismal tank that we have. We'll do anything. But we want people to take that first step of obedience. There's a lot more to that baptism than just cleaning up with water. So, well, we love you. Good to see you. Here it has been episode 97, 98, excuse me, 98, and wake up to the word. We'll see you next week. Love you guys.